Hello and welcome to 99 from 99, the movie podcast where we take you back to the past and cover 99 films or more from the year 1999. I'm your stubborn Kentuckian host, Michael Denniston, joined every week by madman of the airwaves, Ben Zook. Why take a journey to the past? Well, perhaps like you, we've looked out our window and seen the world grow smaller, colder, and scarier. Not here. So sit back, relax, and come back with us to a time when theaters were full, tickets were affordable, and there were so many good movies, you couldn't possibly catch them all. That's what this podcast is here to do. So we hope you take the entire trip with us, 99 episodes on the films from 1999. you to hit me as hard as you can i'm scared to close my eyes i see dead people i believe you have my papler now that i've met you would you object to never seeing me again this is not just a couch it's just our couch take the red pill and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes leave the light on after bedtime I always thought it'd be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. Rose, darling, I'm gonna go back on the road, and I, I've got to make this trip on my own. I've got to go see Lyle. I know you understand. <laughs> Alvin, you're gonna get blown off the right off the road. That's what I'm afraid. Zion, Wisconsin. Why don't you just take your car? I don't have a driver's license. That's 60 more miles of hills. That's across the Mississippi. You know, uh, I'd be happy to drive you the rest of the way to Mount Zion. I still want to finish this the way I started. And this trip is a hard swallow for my pride. I just hope I'm not too late. You've got two brothers that haven't spoken in 10 years. I want to make peace. I want to sit with him, look up at the stars, like we used to do so long ago. Brothers and brother. All right, so the straight story, which I believe was, was it a modest hit, Ben, financially, or was this just a critical darling of 1999? Yeah, it was just a critical darling. Uh, it didn't okay. really do much business. Most of David Lynch's movies have never really made, you know, a lot of money at all. And, um, I mean, the biggest financial disaster of his career uh, was Dune in 1984. Which they're getting ready to repeat again. Uh, I, I yeah. believe from the director of Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> these, pe- these people just love to, like, waste money. <laughs> Uh, like, you know, <laughs> which if, okay. So Blade Runner, wouldn't that just be like a prime example of like the sort of roughly the same demographic of Dune fans? Like, you know, you're coming from the same era. And so to say like, well, that didn't work. Let's try These people are Dune poker instead. players. They got to double down, <laughs> double, double or nothing. That's what it is. Uh, so I, I, I you know, th- this is a, a very warm kind movie and so mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll just get my jabs in early by saying okay. like you know financially speaking uh, this was not going to be the one to break the mold for Mr. Lynch about a man I even 
was telling someone at work, <laughs> they said, what, you know, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, well, I'm, I've got this movie I'm going to watch. Um, uh, I, I never mentioned a podcast cause that's, that's an entirely, uh, a different useless conversation, uh, of explanation there that I don't really need in my, my professional life. Um, uh, and they like, Oh, what, what movie is it? The straight story. I don't know what that is. What, what's it about? And here's where I get the sort of bemused, like sort of smart ass smirk. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> trying to pit, I'm trying to sell this to someone when really I, I'm, I don't care if they watch it or not, but they ask. So I'm like, well, it's about an old man who, uh, he, he can no longer drive an automobile. So he gets on his lawnmower to drive across his state to, to see his brother, to make amends. And they're like, it's about a guy riding a lawnmower. Like, yep anything else i'm like well i've not watched it yet but that's that's the pitch so no i could you know that's i can see why this was not going to be some sort of huge hit um but i guess because of its good heart and just sort of uh general niceness i mean this was g-rated yes i believe that sounds right sounds right it's i don't recall a, a lot of sex or anything so yeah. <laughs> i mean that's unfortunate uh maybe my coworkers would have checked it out then but uh looking at the uh the wikipedia page this does have the walt disney uh logo and banner a very small print across the top there for their sort of minimal minimalist uh, poster they have so uh i guess this was more of a uh, curveball to lynch fans at, mm-hmm. at the time which mm-hmm. i have to admit um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a Twin Peaks guy. Uh, I've, I've seen some David Lynch movies. I've not seen all of them and some of them I really like. I'm really, I think probably, uh, uh, more positive on Lost Highway than it seems to be, uh, the, the diehards are as far as like the, for the David Lynch canon. But I really like that one from the mid nineties. Uh, but clearly not big enough fan to have seen the straight story before this, this podcast. So, uh, you mentioned on the as we were ending the previous episode that it took you quite a while to get to it as well. So uh, has your opinion changed? What was your initial impression, and what do you think now? My my opinion has not changed. Um, you know, I I, I I am a Lynch fan, um, but I do think there is a tendency with certain David Lynch fans to just kind of, you know, w- whatever he shits is gold basically. Uh, and I'm not that guy, you know, I, I, like I had, there are there like, so, uh, blue velvet is considered one of his highest regarded films there. You know, there are parts of it that I enjoy. I'm not a huge fan of it as a whole. Um, I think, I think, I think twin peaks fire walk with me, which, which was a prequel uh, of sorts to the, the TV series, uh, I think that was a total misfire. I think that was something he would have been better off not doing, um, and and a lot of people do you know do not uh, feel that way. Uh, <laughs> they did at the time, like people like its reception was really bad uh, when it when it when it came out. And yeah, I got I got drunk uh, <laughs> a few decades ago, and I watched Dune in a theater. And boy, like you know, if I hadn't been drunk, I don't know. If I would have, uh, if I would have stayed in the theater uh, to finish watching it, but yeah, this one I could see, I could see the straight story, honestly being ruined by a pretty bad like you know crowd. Like mm-hmm. this feels like such an internal uh, place that you're going to, almost like you know, it, it is very much like reading a, a novel, or I guess, or you know, uh, like a almost like a Raymond Carver short story or something uh, that I don't really want to watch it with anyone. I just want to watch it by myself, like in a small dark room in my house. And I, I had a really good experience with it. Um, I don't know if I would have had a 
great experience with it as a teenager, though. I, th- I think I would have sort of been like, well, I kind of admire what they're going for there, but that's not for me. And I would have kicked it down further on my list from 1999. But I have to admit that, you know, this time around, I, I thought pretty highly of it. You know, in a certain regard, and this didn't happen with the straight story, but it, but it's happened to, to, to a few movies uh, in the 90s. There, there was an element of, well, if a director does something, you know, very different than what he normally does and, and does something, you know, in this case, a, a movie with Richard Farnsworth, uh, you know, who, uh, like, he doesn't have an alien growing inside him or anything. Um, <laughs> Thankfully, yes. <laughs> uh, there, you know, there's no, uh, uh, Robert Blake isn't going to pop up as the devil and uh, terrorize him uh, or anything like that. And, uh, you know, the movie is exactly what it, what its title would lead you to believe it is. It's a, it's a straight story about this guy traveling on a John Deere tractor to go visit his brother who's sick. And, um, you know, I, uh, yeah, it, it was one that I was kind of upset with myself for taking me so long to get to it. And I wish I had actually... Uh, I wish I had actually gone and seen this in 1999, and, and I think I, pro- I probably would have liked it uh, then. I was into this kind of stuff. Uh, no fear of running into a drunk hipster puking on himself. They, they didn't exist at that point. We, <laughs> we had, uh, what did we call them? Uh, drunk generation wise or whatever. Were they, um, were they at raves at that point? I can't recall. Uh, that yeah, would be the go people. We go. had the go yeah. people. We yeah. had Sarah Polly and, you know. But since uh, there was a feature film about it, that was probably actually over by spring of 1999. You know, we were probably off from a few years. But um, that's, what, do, that's what makes this a tough film to, to discuss is that... Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's very good. Everyone should see it. Um, the only thing I could say about it, you know, like there's one, there's one reveal in the movie... Mm. I know what that, you're going to say. You know, I'm not going to say it. I don't, I don't think we should because... Really? Well, we yeah, because I mean... We don't have a lot of meat on the bone here. To well, discuss. we don't. Well, we, <laughs> we shouldn't say it right it now. I'm just saying there's basically one reveal in the movie. And if you know that going in, you know, there wouldn't be really... There's not going to be a whole lot of other twists or anything like that. Uh, this is a movie for, for like Altman fans, for people who mm. just want a movie to kind of wash over them and, uh, you know, just want to enjoy... Uh, the world that that's been created, and and it it it's one of the movies that really makes me respect David Lynch because he isn't. It shows that he isn't just some crazy lunatic uh, trying to force people to suffer through you know his mental imbalances or whatever. Um, not that the rest of his work does that, but I think you know he, he's not an enfant terrible like like uh, what's his name Xavier Dolan or. Um, any of the, any of the, a lot of those other, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, filmmakers who seem to get embraced just because of how outrageous and crazy they are. Mm. Um, who's the guy ir- irreversible Gaspar? No, he's not like Gaspar. No, I've, I've never seen that, but it's unfortunate that I'm like, uh, very familiar with the, uh, with that film, <laughs> with the beginning, <laughs> middle end with a particular sequence, I guess, to start us off, um, yeah. Uh, now my coworkers see that they would, they would be punished if I if I <laughs> set them down in front of that type of material. And yet with something like a straight story, which they were kind of making fun of me for, I guess wasting my time watching this simple story about a man on his lawnmower. I I think if you actually 
you may not choose to watch this and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an example of that. Like I, I'm only doing it for a podcast. Um, but if you, if you somehow stumbled across it, um, on TV, which, you know, that wouldn't happen anymore. Cause we're, I guess we're beyond that, but I feel like it would get people to take the entire trip with this guy. If, if they were just in it for 10 minutes, I think they would watch until the end. I, I don't think they would be bored by it, even though, it doesn't make for the best podcast material as far as content or twists and turns to talk about. You, certainly. That's why I was trying to lead us into more of a discussion on like Lynch himself and everything. Um, well, he, he never did anything <laughs> like Farnsworth, this again. Or Farnsworth, who, who, you know, so Farnsworth dies not long after this. Uh, Farnsworth is an actor who um, uh, I, w- I wish more people knew more about him. But that being said, there's only a handful of movies of his that I've even seen. There's a movie from the 1980s called The Gray Fox, which is considered a really strong film of his. But I've never seen it because it hasn't had a home video release as long as I've been alive. So, uh, But apparently that's going to change next year. Uh, so, so I'm looking forward to finally seeing that. Uh, but but yeah, Farnsworth is a, is a terrific actor. This, this is one of my favorite performances you know, of the year. I normally, I normally do not gravitate towards stuff that is this towards work that is this, you know, dry and understated. I'm not a huge fan of like, let's say Bill Murray, uh, deadpan, uh, uh, roles like, like lost in translation, uh, and other stuff like that. Uh, uh, but here it's just very, every, just like, just like the title says, everything is just very direct, very nice, very honest, uh, and so go, go ahead, Denison. Well, I just wondered uh, why he, you know, this is an outlier, uh, in mm-hmm. Lynch's work. And I, I'm just wondering, you know, what I'm wondering about the backstory as far as why he chose, <laughs> why he chose, uh, this project to make. And then it's not like he shifted into other things that were similar or just like, cause really, you know, the Mulholland Drive that comes back, not only is it a return to, you know, an attempted return to the television medium of Twin Peaks, and then it gets, you know, retrofitted to become a feature film after that pilot's not picked up. But uh, even if you don't know that backstory, it's not that far removed from Lost Highway in 97. So this is right in between mm-hmm. uh, that and Mulholland Drive. And you can easily connect those, you know, who the filmmaker is. Uh, between those two and I'm just wondering um, why this just is this strange thing that's sort of just so outside the sort of Lynch canon I think he was humbled by this guy's story uh, you know and it's weird how that can happen um, you know we, we we have a Hollywood today that is so wrapped up in their own you know goddamn uh, bullshit <laughs> and pain uh, you know that, that it's like unimaginable to imagine but but you know just like just like uh oh the guy we like uh take shelter uh jeff nichols is that his mm-hmm. name yeah that's correct just like just like him gravitating towards loving which on paper seemed uh, uh somewhat different than than what he had been doing um you know it, like like sometimes i think filmmakers can find you know certain stories about uh about you know hidden uh hidden figures you know in history or whatever and and you know no one like this this thing that this guy did is it going to be written about in history books or whatever no uh you know but 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 uh, you think about you know just the, just the idea of it the 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 personal intensity 
to to go on the road on a, on a John Deere uh, tractor to uh, you know to go and visit your brother. Um, you know, there's there's just so much drama in everyday life that that we tend to ignore uh, searching for you know the big cinematic uh, story. Um, you know, and so the, this is you know for, for Lynch at this time. You know, this is the story. Can I help you, lady? No, you can't help me. No one can help me. I've tried driving with my lights on. I've tried sounding my horn. I scream out the window. I, I roll the window down and bang on the side of the door and play public enemy real loud. I have prayed St. Francis of Assisi, St. Christopher too. What the heck? I've tried everything a person could do and still every week I plow into at least one deer. I have hit 13 deer in seven weeks driving down this road, mister. And I have to drive down this road every day, 40 miles back and forth to work. I have to drive to work and I have to drive home. And I love deer. I could see someone like... Soderbergh doing this, but I don't think I would dig it. Like his, I, I don't know if he would have the the confidence and the the sort of sparseness of the, the material to not put some sort of technical challenge on it, some sort of filmmaking challenge, something to like I guess uh, you know get him up for for this material, something that would drive him to the project. Uh, but he's definitely like done you know stuff like this. It's just. Um, there's such a strange sweetness to it. Uh, and I really do like Farnsworth here. And I'm like you, I don't, I mean, when I see him, I'm like, Oh, it's the, the, the guy from the, from misery, uh, like mm-hmm, the sheriff mm-hmm. that has the, yeah. the, the great relationship with his wife slash like partner <laughs> in law enforcement, in this small town. I love the dynamic between, between the two of them and that this like, uh, you know, you don't often see, I guess, people you know represented on screen of their age that have you know a clear sort of affection and sort of uh, sexual chemistry between the two of them, where they just seem like a real couple. Like they're not playing like uh, funny old people. Uh, they're just they're playing two people who have uh, had great affection and love for one another, uh, and that's like a nice little bit of warmth in that <laughs> in that uh, horrific movie. Uh, here, uh, I know you want to stay away from spoilers, but I think the scene you were sort of trying alluding to earlier maybe the one thing i don't like about the straight story because i think it catches me off guard so much um that it it felt a little bit like we're trying to uh and it's hard to it's hard to say this because this is based on a real person but it's it felt like the film is trying to justify why we're focusing on this man like that there's there's something else extra to him and that's the reason you're going to spend you know 90 minutes, two hours with them that I, I didn't need at that point. I I was already invested in in him just going to to see his brother that he's not seen in years and years, and I'm 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 with him on that journey. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to respond to that, but uh, you know, <laughs> you're I, really well, trying well, to not spoil well, the straight story. Well, was there story. a specific point in the film? Oh, you're talking. Okay, you're talking about the reveal. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. I get, it, I get it. Uh, yeah, let's not reveal what that is. I, I think, you know, there, this is a movie a lot of people probably haven't seen. Uh, when you consider that you and I, it took us this long, you know, and we're like, you know, uh, somewhat advanced in our movie watching. Um, you know, I mean, I imagine a lot of people haven't seen this. So I don't want to, re- I don't want to talk about the reveal 
uh, too much. But I but but you know I think. Go ahead. Go. Ahead. I, was I think say, it's worth it. I think it's worth it. Well, okay. you know, to have that. Uh, I, I I think it's believable. I mean, we want. I don't think. I you know it's it's like Rosebud in Citizen Kane. It's not meant to solve every question. It's not meant to be the the sole motivating factor. Uh, it just shows you that this is a guy who has ha- who has more depth to him than just oh I decide to do this one day. The you know there are things that he's carried with him. Uh, you know since since from being a young man, and and you know I I, I think it's good that in the screenplay they, they decide to have that reveal. It's got a phenomenal ending to it. I, I, I love the ending to this film, which I also will not spoil. But I, I, you know, for something that is such a simple premise, uh, I don't think um, in the way that they 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 wrap it up uh, that they they tried to add any sort of tricks or um, hidden depth to it. Uh, I, I think that you know it's it's like the rest of the film itself. It's there, there's a particular goal in mind, and there's a particular conviction. Conviction, and the, the filmmakers, uh, they don't deviate from that, like much like the character himself, which I really appreciated. Uh, what I was going to say though was, um, there is a great disappointment with me in, in attempting to talk about this movie, and particular if our listeners have not seen it, that it is one that you, I do think you need to kind of stumble into, and right now it's not. Uh, streaming anywhere it is available digitally to rent uh, but it's not like this is something that if it was on the much hated uh, Netflix or something uh, that I would love for for people like with those horrid like autoplay trailers uh, to just kind of find the premise amusing and click on it thinking like well you know this probably won't be that great but I'll find something else and then you know and uh, almost two hours later, they've they've watched this and they've become invested in this this guy. Uh, but right now, you're gonna have to make a conscious choice to uh, to purchase this or rent it. Yeah, I think it's developed a good reputation with with like you know serious you know fil- film fans and everything. Uh, but but I had to uh, import a, a Japanese uh, Blu-ray <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, to to <laughs> to, get, to get an HG uh, Kai. It looked good. It looked good. Uh, but but yeah, there's currently not a um, not a way to watch this in HD in uh, in the U.S. Um, other you know, so we, yeah, not which I don't think. Again, you know, we we talked about this on the last episode. You know, having the overlord, the Disney overlords, you know, control all this stuff. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of weird choices made. If only they had a streaming service that would play (laughs) family-friendly material, like this G-rated film. Yeah, and this is Uh, family. Yeah, of course, this is family-friendly material, but it will not, you know, (laughs) um, yeah, it'll not be on Disney Plus, I assume. It it doesn't fit within their, I believe, five tabs they have of Marvel, Star Wars, (laughs) Pixar. Uh, Yeah, uh, it, it is unfortunate. Um, because uh, not that I expect that they're going to get a huge Disney Plus crowd, but uh, at the very least, uh, it would be the, uh, the 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 stewards of this this project, uh, at least putting it out there. So if people want to discover it, they could. Um, what, okay, one last thing. What do you make of the? I, I am assuming this somewhat surprise uh, nomination that Farnsworth got for uh, for best actor here, and I don't believe the film was nominated for anything else. 
Uh, I mean, I think I think it was a way to, you know, I, I mean, it's a great performance, you know, but I also think it was helped along by the fact that, you know, they wanted to recognize his career uh, and everything. I don't. So I think it's one of two nominations he received in his lifetime, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, Comes a Horseman, I believe he was nominated for. And uh, so, yeah, I think a lot of people have theorized uh, that that he probably would have won had had they known that he was ill at the time. Mm. And um, I which think is that's not a good reason. Possible. No, to give someone no. award, but um, and you know what do these things matter really? Okay, he right. did not. Oh yeah, he okay. He was nominated for Comes a Horseman in 1979. And he got a lot of uh, talk for the Gray Fox. Uh, And so, yeah. And so I think this is a way of, you know, recognizing his career, which which goes back to to the 1930s, it looks like. And, um, yeah, it's quite a thing. It's quite a thing. So some more, uh, I guess we can end on a depressing note. Um, (laughs) Looking at the uh, some of the reviews. (laughs) Uh, the Chicago Tribune wrote of the film, it's something, uh, we see something American studio movies don't uh, usually give us. The simple, unsentimentalized beauty of the rural American Midwestern landscape. And uh, boy, if they were bitching about that then, mm-hmm. <laughs> what about <No>. now? <laughs> How much worse <laughs> it was going to get? Um, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I think we, I think we did the best we could by trying to stay spoiler free. Uh, of uh, all things with the straight story. So uh, I hope that our, um, our, our trying to like uh, give people a better experience with it does not set some sort of unrealistic expectation about, sure. <laughs> about what we're hiding from them. Uh, <laughs> this is not uh, some sort of uh, red pill type uh, thing where it's going to, you know, uh, Farnsworth here it just, you know, breaks his uh, skull open and what it, what he sees in this, this sequence. So, uh, nothing like that. It still stays grounded, and it's just a real person's a movie about a, an actual person and just driving his lawnmower. So I don't want to mislead people with that. Um, but yeah, they should definitely check it out. This was an, a nice uh, surprise, and I guess me reprimanding myself for, for for waiting two decades to catch up with this. All right, Ben, what's next? All right. T- the title of this movie is, is also uh, close to a famous... Monty Python uh, quote uh, from uh, Mo- from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, this probably would have fit better if we uh, if we were teasing this at the end of the Fight Club, as far as having the same demographic that would click on that episode uh, blindly. If anyone actually does that with podcasts, um, but yes, this would be uh, bringing out the dead, which we have discussed in podcast uh, form already. Um, but I believe that was for- we did. I think we did that for the release of Silence when it came out with no. Mean Streets. I think so. Oh, wow. That's Clearly, when you know it's bad. That's when you know it's bad. It was a very engaging when you discussion. Don't remember. <laughs> when one of the participants has no recollection of that. So that'll be good. That means uh, if we are, I guess, pillaging our own material, uh, Ben is guilt-free. I, I think we need some confirmation on that, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, but... I'm happy to give myself one more download on another show, but I don't know if I'll listen to it. Actually, I'm going to stay away from that because if I want to cover the same material, uh, I don't want to just be reading lines. So... Uh, yeah, uh, you know, as I, I mentioned um, <laughs> about my theatrical experience earlier, uh, 
in this this very discussion, Martin Scorsese has a uh, Scorsese has a new film out, and we're going to go back to 1999, which because of that year, maybe this one has been lost in his uh, sort of filmography, lost in the shuffle a little bit. I don't know if you would blame the strength of this year or uh, uh, or just the the material, um, but yeah, this is not one that is. Uh, going to be usually in like a top five uh, Scorsese list that you need to check out. But I think Ben and I might disagree with that. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, I can because I have evidence I can go back to. That's true. That's true. Uh, eventually, you will basically take like all, all my little words and you'll just like string them all together. Be like, like once upon a time, once upon a time in Hollywood is the best movie ever made. And that'll just be, you know. You won't even ask me anymore to, to come on these things. Yeah. I'm glad you just did the work for me right there. You know, <laughs> yeah. Cut that one clip out. <laughs> All right. So that's what we're talking about next time. So, uh, yeah, stick around for uh, uh, Lynch and Scorsese um, and Fincher before that. We, we're on uh, kind of a tear. So I, I think we've got some good stuff. I can't promise that'll continue now that I'm looking ahead at the schedule. But uh, unless there's some huge Philip Noyce fans uh, coming up for the Bone, bone Collector. Uh, but right now we have uh, Scorsese. So that should be a good good episode. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99from99. 99